Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 123. Friday. It's Friday right now. Let's just turn off that air conditioner there. Uh, I might not release this today, but I felt like recording it. Actually, that's a lie. I did not feel like recording it. I kind of feel like ass. Uh, It's a recharge day at work. We have the day off, and uh, thank God, because I feel terrible. I forgot I had a doctor's appointment this morning. I had to get my call in my mother-in-law to watch Jane so I could go to the doctor's appointment. I had to get Jane up early so I could get breakfast done beforehand. I went to the doctor's appointment, but I had already eaten breakfast, and then Jane had breakfast, and she made me eat some more, and I got really sick because of the Wagovi, and you know, you know, you get sick when you overeat, and I just feel like ass. And then I went to the doctor, and they gave me a flu vaccine, so that's making me feel like ass, I assume. Anyway, I just feel terrible. And I had all these things I wanted to do today, and I wanted to get this podcast done this weekend, but I want to garden, but I don't have the energy to garden. So I was like, all right, I'll do the podcast, but I was like, I don't feel like it, I feel ill, but I got to do something or I'm not going to feel productive today, you haven't done enough, there wasn't enough puttering to get productive, to feel productive today, because I did all this amazing puttering last weekend, so all my little organizational chores, low energy chores that I do when I need to feel productive, but I feel like ass are all done. So all my life hacks failed me. So I finally decided I would suck it up and do this podcast. So hello. It did occur to me about five minutes ago that I, you know, I'm kind of into talking to my mysterious anonymous friends on the internet through audio interpretation here. So I'm getting into it. It's growing on me. Uh, I guess it is day number 928 of my pandemic, but who's counting? Is it really a pandemic anymore? Joe Biden told me it wasn't a pandemic. Joe Biden! Joe Biden! He's wrong. 700 people died yesterday. 700 people died the day before. I still check every day, write it down in my little 750 words, the words that I write to keep me sane. Actually, that's kind of a whole interesting thing. I was texting with a friend who was having some uh, mental health issues, and they were... Uh, spiraling a little bit, and this is you know, this has happened before, but it's been a long time. And anyway, the last time it happened, I, I told them that writing really helped me, and my 750 words really helped me. And so they were writing me in their manic phase, but saying thank you because the words do help, and that was nice. Uh, and then interestingly, though, the next day I was like writing my words, still do it every day, well, five days a week. And uh, I was doing it in sort of the current style, you know, obviously over the 40 years, 35 years I've been writing words, journaling, the style has changed a lot. (laughs) And these days it's like a parent report. It's a lot of work stuff. 
like I'm not busy at work, but there's always a lot of deep thinking about strategy at work. You know, it's a tough game what we're in and ad tech and, you know, it's not exactly the most glamorous or simple industry. It's very complicated and uh, there's a lot of entrenched, large, dare I say it, all gobbleballistic players and I'm always having to think about the best way to handle Facebook or Google or Apple or something and, you know, I, I always... <laughs> My number one management technique these days is when somebody gives me news or asks me a question is to buy time so I can think about it, so I can write about it. And so that's kind of like mostly, and then of course, Jane is what my words are about these days, right? It's like a lot of work. It's a lot of parenting. It's a, a lot of like list sort of things, recapping what I just did the day, you know, um, and I was saying, you know, I got all that done anyway, and uh, I still had like 200 words left. And I was like, you know, I could get into my feelings here. That's what I used to do all the time in here. And then I was like, I don't want to get into my feelings. I'll just convince myself something's wrong. I'll get all worked up emotionally and I'll go tell my wife I'm unhappy or I'll, I'll be sad about something. And I'm not sad about anything. Why would I want to waste my time doing that? <laughs> And I thought it was really interesting just back to back with this conversation with this friend that I had just had like an hour earlier where I had told them that, you know, writing and getting my feelings out and writing is what keeps me sane. And here I was writing and I was like, I don't want to write my feelings. That's not going to make me go crazy. <laughs> I was like, that's literally the opposite of what you just told your friend. So that was kind of an interesting insight that happened this week. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, this week, it's been three weeks. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not on every three week schedule on this podcast. This feels right. It, you know, we, uh, started once a week. That was a lot. <laughs> God, how many years have I been doing this now? Let's check. Hold please. June of 2018 is when we started this. So 19, 20, 21, 22, four years. We've been doing the web Chatham report. That's pretty crazy. We were doing it at a weekly cadence, then we went down to two weeks for most of that time, probably two, three years of it was at bi-weekly, but now we're doing every three weeks, and it feels pretty good. So yeah, uh, hey, how's it going? A lot's been going on. My friend Nick came to town without his fam, and we went to go see Spiritualized at Cat's Cradle, and it was freaking awesome. That was not last weekend, it was the weekend before. Uh... I did look it up, and I think it was about my 33rd Spiritualized show in my life. Uh, I first saw Spiritualized on their first American tour. may have been their first show in America, actually. It was in Boston. It was the Roller Coaster Tour. I should look this up. Um, a lot of shows in Boston are the first shows on tours because bands fly to Boston and then they do the whole country and they fly out of Boston, which is always great. It was great living there because you could see bands at the beginning and the end of tours. Um, but I bet, you know, Laser Guide Melodies have been out in almost a year by the time I'd seen them. That's not quite true. It was pretty new. But it was one of their first shows, at any rate. And uh, I have not missed a tour since. Uh, I have seen every tour. I've seen them in so many different cities and countries. I've seen them at festivals. I've seen them in clubs. Uh, I did not see them in the cave. I did not see the CN Tower show. I did see the World Trade Center show long, long ago in the 90s. The highest show on earth, they called it. And then they did the CN Tower show, which was the highest show on earth. Uh, they just played in a cave on this tour the night after ours. Um, 
yeah anyway uh you know i've been listening to them since the first record and the first record is probably my favorite still but that's just mostly sentimental attachment i love the first three record run uh laser guided melodies pure phase and ladies and gentlemen we were floating in space uh later records have grown on me a thing about spiritualized records is that at least after those three is that when i first listened to them i'm like they're okay and then as the years goes by i love them more and more and uh you know i used to go see spiritualized and want to see old songs specifically my favorite songs on the first record it's called shine a light and for 20 years they did not play shine a light they played it on laser guided melodies they played it once on pure phase they played it at the worcester centrum when they opened for radiohead on arcade computer and then they didn't play it for like 20 years and uh but lately they've been playing shine a light again which is really awesome uh they but they do not play a lot of old stuff on this tour they played come together off of ladies and gentlemen and shine a light and that's it from the first three records uh but weirdly and and then very very little from the middle records like uh amazing grace and uh the one with won't get to heaven state I'm in and all that Lord let it rain on me none of that stuff um whatever that record's called I can't remember what that record's called anymore um but they very little from those so it was all it was predominantly new but the thing is it was awesome and uh you know I looked at the set list in advance and I was like I, I you know this is kind of a bummer and not a lot of old stuff but they got shine a light and I love shine a light so I'm gonna go and Nick was coming and he really wanted to go. And, and uh, but it didn't matter, man. The new stuff was so awesome live. This is the best spiritualized show I've seen in 20 years. I am not exaggerating. That is not an exaggeration. It was just so good. The new songs were awesome live. The whole thing was amazing. They're like this amazing. It's just he, he made it ebb and flow so well. The song selection, a lot of songs you just even as a hardcore spiritualized fan, you're like, which one is that again? You know, especially on the new album song and D song and A for Iggy. Like it's kind of like names that aren't like lyrics, so they're hard to remember. But he played all those, he, you know, he played a ton from the new album and he didn't even play with the two songs I loved the most on the new album. He didn't play the mainline song. Well, the one I love the most, I love that song. Um, but it didn't matter. It was great. And then, you know, some later period singles that I really love now, like So Long You Pretty Things and Hey Jane, and then just a ton of new stuff and come together. No Spaceman 3 songs, uh, but it was great. It was a great time. It was great to go with Nick. We had so much fun. And then we came home. We had some beers. We got to talk. It was lovely. He went home. And then this last two days ago on Wednesday, Emma and I and Jane went to Baltimore to uh, Columbia, Maryland, actually, to the Merriweather Post Pavilion to see New Order and the Pet Shop Boys. So I'm very glad I didn't miss that show. It was great. Uh, New Order played Vanishing Point off of Technique, which made me very, very happy because I love that song, and I never see anything them play anything from Technique. I This is the ninth time I've seen New Order. I had to go look that up. And I've only ever seen them play one other song from Technique once. They played Round and Round when I saw them in Williamsburg. But, uh, yeah, it was a good show. Pet Shop Boys were awesome. Jane did not want to go, but when she got there, she had a good time. She let us stay. You know, her bedtime's usually 9 o'clock. Pet Shop Boys went on at 9.30. And she let us stay till almost 11. Uh, we missed the last... Uh, 10.30, I mean. We missed the last two songs of the Pet Shop Boys, Being Boring and West End Girls. But we could hear them as we were walking out. So that was okay. And, you know, even as we left the hotel to go to the venue it's within walking distance we stayed at this hotel in columbia right by merriweather post 
And we told her we were going on a walk. She's like, I don't want to go to the concert. And we're like, okay, we're just going for a walk then. And then when we got to the door of the concert and we're in line and I had to show my tickets and Emma's dealing with the, the I'm holding Jane and doing tickets and Emma's got the stroller. She's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I was like, this is terrible. This is going to be the worst. She's going to scream at us through the whole thing. I'm not going to be able to see these bands. But as soon as we got through the gate, she was super into it. <laughs> and it went great. And, uh, you know, it was... We had dinner beforehand with our friends, me and Jason. They have a newborn, David. He's three weeks old. We were 90 minutes. We gave ourselves 90 minutes gap. We left the house at 10 a.m. It's usually a five-hour drive. We should have gotten there at 3, plus a stop for gas and all that. So call it 3.30. We made the dinner reservation with them at 5. We didn't make it in time. <laughs> so they had to push the reservation back and they have a newborn. Like I'm violating some of my most personally held rules here. You know, like don't ever redo a reservation. Restaurants hate that. And don't ever make new moms wait. But they were cool and it all worked out. We got to see them. My friend Keith came to the show. He came with his friend that they had seen New Order together there in 1989 at Meriwether Post. So 23 years later, they're seeing New Order together again at Meriwether Post Pavilion. That was pretty cool. He used to work there. And when I first met him and his brother in the 90s, they both worked there. They would tell stories about it. And I was so jealous. I was like, that seems like the coolest teen job. You know, they saw all these like like Iron Maiden and stuff like that. <laughs> I saw so many shows with their kids. I was so jealous. But so that was really cool. And then the next day I saw my friend Lisa. I drove into Baltimore. I saw her. I went to her house. Our house, a really great place. I went to our local coffee shop. That was really fun. We drove home. Uh, I did a call at a mall with a Target and while Emma shopped for Halloween stuff and we recharged the car because we got a new electric automobile. I've not told many people this. Um, Nick saw it when he was here and the neighbors, of course, all know because they see it in the driveway. And uh, that was basically it. Oh, uh, me and Jason saw it at the parking lot at the, when we had got dinner. And I think that is it. Um, I haven't really told a lot of people. It's awesome. It's a Ford F-150 Lightning. It is black. I bought it from a dude in Cary who was selling it because his wife got pregnant. He got it from the dealer. It had 200 miles on it. It's brand new. Now it has 900 because we drove it to Columbia, Maryland and back. Uh, and it was super fun. It's huge. It has a giant frunk, <laughs> which is just the greatest thing. I cannot convey to you how game-changing a frunk is on an automobile. Uh, I'm only charging it based on 110. I just plug it into the wall outlet. It takes forever to charge from 0% battery, like five days, but I don't really drive a lot. So that's kind of working. I'll get like a proper charger installed at some point, but the solar guys are actually working on it. They're trying to figure out a way that I can have it only charge the car, or the truck when I am overproducing on solar so that it is completely free and completely emission free forever. That's the goal. So that is very exciting. They're working on that. I'll get a bid from them the next week or so. There are products that make that happen. They just have to figure out how to do it and integrate it with our solar system and our power walls and all that. But yeah, it's very exciting. It's awesome. Uh, ironically, two days after I got the truck, my order that I had placed with Ford two years ago and they had never sent one thing to me ever in two years about it they texted me and said it's time to place your order and so I went up there and looked and they're like yeah you can place your order now and get your truck next summer so I talked to my friend that works there and he's like yeah this is still gonna be supremely limited like uh, by next summer I, I placed my reservation within the first five minutes you could and they're just getting to me three years later so you know production will not really be ramped up. So I just placed the order. So I guess in like nine months or 10 months, I'll get another one and then I'll sell this one. 
I don't know. I'm thinking maybe a different color. I like black. That was my choice, but it is very hot. But uh, Jane's really obsessed with opening the tailgate and bringing the little step down and climbing up the tailgate. And I don't know. It's pretty hot. So maybe a different color, like silver or gray or something. Uh, but it's great. Um, we charged on the road and the first, very first charger I ever went to, Emma was very nervous about this. She's just convinced that it's like a giant hassle. She likes to drive really long distances nonstop, like five, six hours. And you can't do that. We can go like three hours, 270 miles. The range officially is like 320, but you know, highway driving is less efficient with EVs than local driving because there's higher wind resistance and less regeneration because there's less stopping and starting. So we got the first charger and it was broken. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to the second charger and it charged up fine on the second one 30 minutes you know up to 80 percent. it was great and then we got on the road and so we had probably stopped totally 45 minutes between the broken charger and the good charger and when we got back on the road our eta had expanded had grown by 90 minutes and it was just like what the hell because it was exactly those 45 minutes that made it so getting through dc was going to be a traffic nightmare so you know that did not uh comport well with Emma's love of EVs but on the way back it went great we picked a place to charge that had the target and she just went shopping at Target and it charged right up and so it was great uh, I also love stopping at these charging locations that are not Tesla superchargers I was using Electrify American EV Go because there's so many cool EVs there there's like I saw like three Hyundai Iconic Ionic 5s I saw the Kia sort of Ionic 5 like car I saw a Porsche EV and a BMW EV. I saw a Ford Transit electric van. It was just cool. I like seeing all these cool, weird electric cars. And then, of course, you know, people would see mine. They're like, oh my God, not a lot of lightnings on the road yet. Um, guy I bought it from just made a reservation for day one, like I did. And he got bought it from a dealer in the triangle. And it was, they told him, it's like, you won the lottery and it's the only one we're selling for the next two years. And then he had to sell it. His wife was like, you have to sell it. <laughs> Poor guy. But I told him, I was like, well, you know, when mine comes in, your wife will have had her kid by then. If you want it back, maybe I'll sell it back to you. <laughs> and you can, yeah, I'll get my new one. Um, yeah, but it's been really fun. I'm really into it. I really into I'm a truck owner now, which I've never done. Uh, it is definitely a little bit different on the suspension. And my, my wife and daughter are a little bit more sick cruising long distances in it than they were in the uh, in Emma's car, the Mazda CX-5. But, um, you know, so I don't think we'd get a second electric truck. I think Emma, when she goes electric, it will be an SUV. That's going to be a really long time, though, because that CX-5 is pretty neat. New. My old car is 12 years, 13, 12 years old. And it's in good shape, you know. Um, I guess I'm going to give it to charity. I don't know. It's still out there in the driveway, and I have to start it every couple days or week or two to, like, make sure the battery doesn't die. But yeah, I'm thinking charity. I'm thinking just take the write-off is the way to go. I, I don't want to deal with selling cars. You know, I would, if I was selling the Lightning, I would put some effort into it. But this is a you 13-year-old know, Mazda. It runs great, but, you know. Uh, and so, you know, it's interesting. Like, for me, it's like I am dealing with a lot at once. A truck, which I've never owned. An EV, which I've never owned. And a modern car that has things like backup cameras and... Uh, cruise control, adaptive cruise control that speeds up and slows down and even steers for you with your hands off the wheel, which was kind of crazy. I could go like 20, 30 miles on interstates and just let it drive the whole car for me. You know, I've never had any of those things before. And, you know, like uh, seat warmers and, and, and steering wheel warmers and, and uh, car play. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
USB ports in the car that work. <laughs> yeah, so that stuff's all very exciting and new for me. I have a bad neck. I hate turning my neck. So, you know, backup cameras are very revelatory for me. So it was an indulgence. I was watching the auction sites and they're all really far away and they were all selling for a little bit over asking, which was kind of absurd. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'll stop looking at these sites. I'm not going to like one happened in Maryland. And I was like, that's not too far. I could like fly to Baltimore and get, pick that up and drive it home. But then I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to stop unless one shows up in the triangle and it's exactly the color I want and exactly the trim I want. I'm done with this. And then two days later, when I was just about to delete my cars and bids account and stop watching a black Lariat F-150 Lightning and carry literally the next town over showed up. The only one that showed up in North Carolina ever. And I was like, all right, well, this is a sign. And I, I, so I bid and I won because when it's local, you can pay more because most of these people are buying them and then paying two, three grand to ship them. You know what I mean? So like I could just bid a little bit more because I didn't have to pay the two, three grand to ship. So I paid like two grand over asking. I actually put like three over asking, but it had like, it has like a, he put like a really nice cover on it and it has some Petzl, like bike rack, kayak stuff. He had like a thousand dollars of stuff on it. So it's basically like I'm renting a car for two grand for nine months and then I'll buy the car truck when it, when mine comes out in nine months. Yeah. So that's that. Oh, and I, you know, it also had the Ford charge station pro charger, which is like two grand. So I didn't really overpay. It was good. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, extended range battery. Touch it, man. Frunks. I can't tell you, man. I'm so obsessed with the frunk. I got some like cargo nets in the frunk now. And I'm like that Polly Shore comedy sketch is always going through my head. You're driving around in your SUV and there's a water bottle, water bottle bouncing around the back. What do you do? Do you a bungee it? I don't even remember what B was, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. New order. Spiritualized. Nick. New truck. Uh, Mia, Jason, their new son, David, Keith, Lisa. Yeah, it's a good time. It's been a good three weeks. I feel like shit. I got my booster two weeks ago. Uh, about the, yeah, It was on a Monday, so 12 days ago, and my arm still hurts. Uh, I was talking about that with the doctor. She's like, well, do you use that arm a lot? And I was like, no, it's my left. And then I was like, oh, yeah, right. That's the arm I carry Jane around in all the time. So I didn't put it in my right arm because I'm like, I'm right-handed. I don't want that. I put it in my left, but then I'm like carrying Jane all the time. She's like, that'll do it. So it's been 12 days of pain on that arm. And I just got another one. I tried to space these out, but I was there. And then they're like, you're going to have to get a shingles vaccine soon. And I got to get a a colonoscopy soon. That'll suck. I'm not excited about that. And it's my wife. Hello, wife. You're going to go to the playground? You're going to go to the playground? Do you want to take her at like 3.50? Do I want to take her at 3.50? Oh, if yeah, 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 yeah. You if you're back by then, I'll take her by then. Okay. All right, wife and daughter going to the playground. Yeah, Jane's doing great, man. She was great on the trip. You know, uh, we all slept in a hotel room together. That never happens. I was really worried that was going to be a whole thing. It wasn't. She was great. She's thrown a couple fits in the last three weeks, but nothing like before. She's definitely. This is a pleasant time. We're all having a good time with Jane these days. I taught her about money. She she knows well. Only I can only find a twenty dollar bill in the house. No ones and fives and tens. I'm going to pay for the pizza with her in cash today, and we'll get some fives and ones. But she knows her coins. She can add them and subtract them. I she's very into the word uh, exaggeration now. I taught her about exaggeration, and we we did examples of exaggeration all the way on the five hour drive back to Chapel Hill yesterday. 
Uh, and now she understands that daddy exaggerates a lot and mommy does not. That was pretty good. Uh, I taught her hypothetically and warning signs. <laughs> this girl's vocabulary is going to be out of control. <laughs> it's really fun. She loves it. She loves it. Uh, she's been playing with Legos a lot, playing with dolls a lot. She saw Grammy this morning. Thank you, Grammy, for watching her while I was at the doctor. Uh, she's over parkour. That would seem to be a phase. Her parkour phase has ended. That's kind of a shame. That was really fun. Uh, back to dolls. and gra She just made a really, she just drew a really nice kitty card a minute ago. And said, hello kitty. She's so cute. I love her. And she turned it into a greeting card and handed it to me. <laughs> that was great. She's great. Uh, we're all very happy with, it, with Jane these days. It's nice. Uh, I, have, I have bedtime tonight and I'm very excited about it. Jane bedtime. Woo! Uh, work is crazy. It's intense. It's a lot. It's uh, intensely strategic, but uh, and it's going well. Nimbus is growing very nicely. Uh, it's, it's just a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of things to do. Turns out having a 30 person company that builds two products and takes on like five tech giants at the same time is, is, is a challenge sometimes. You know, it can be hard. It can be hard, but I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. I have been keeping up with my gardening, but I haven't done any big gardening sessions. That is on, that's why I'm doing this done today, so I can do some gardening tomorrow. I've got to plant my apple trees and my pear trees. i got to figure out what to do with my grapes. i got to get all my fall stuff planted, my new lettuce batch. i got to pull out the strawberries because they're just not working where they are. Uh, plant new lettuce, plant more carrots, uh, harvest radishes. I have so much to do tomorrow and probably Sunday. I haven't been making the gardening videos. I'll make, I guess I'll make one this weekend if I'm up for it because I've just been running out there and harvesting beans and peppers and, and, and lettuce and, and watering and, and going. And then I, I got my broccoli seed starts ready. They need to get transplanted. Um, tomatoes are almost done. There's still a few. The cherry and rose are doing well. The big heirloom ones are not doing so great. The lettuce is good. about to bolt. My summer lettuce, my, my summer arugula bolted, so now i got to go into my fall. I planted some potatoes. I don't think they've even sprouted my fall potatoes. They seem to be a failure. My fall beets aren't looking that big. My shallots are like so-so. Snow peas doing good. Cucumbers doing good. Beans doing good. Carrots doing good. Radishes doing good. Corn's doing great. Watermelon's doing great. Grapes are doing well. There's a lot that's going well, but a lot that's not. But anyway, big gardening this weekend. It's just been in maintenance mode for like four or five weeks now. But I have been keeping up. I have been keeping up. Drip irrigation, man. That's is that is the key. You can have a garden that just does its thing because it gets itself it gives itself water and you don't have to worry about it. I have three grape plants that aren't on drip and they are like the hardest thing to keep alive, but everything else is going great. All right, so that's everything but media. Let's do media. Uh, so I've been doing a whole project with my Plex. I did it. This is such a terrible idea, but also it was just exactly what the doctor ordered. I decided to start the film library on Plex by resolution, low to high. And I was looking at all the films I had that were not HD. And I was like, I got to replace every one of these. And it was probably 200 films. <laughs> so I just started methodically going through and seeing if they're on Netflix and HD and if they were, I still have a Netflix disc subscription, you'll recall. I'd put them in my queue, see if they're on Pirate Bay, I'd download them if they're there, buy them off of Amazon if they're there. I ended up buying like 30 Blu-rays. Um, and just methodically going through and trying to like solve as many of these as possible. It's amazing how much stuff has not been re-released in HD at all. Like, it's pretty crazy. Some kind of big stuff. I mean, you know, big to me, anyway. 
like uh cleo from five to seven that's kind of crazy right um you know like larry clark films angels and insects uh some of these make perfect sense like roger corman's failed 1984 fantastic four film 1994 female perversions with tilda swinton heavy metal parking lot i mean i guess that makes sense uh, you know, uh, integrate silence, the amazing three hour documentary about the monks that make chartreuse, <laughs> Jandek on Corwood, a lot of documentaries, Joe Strummer documentary, Sean, uh, Shane McGowan documentary, Kissed, the Lynn Skopovich, uh, <laughs> necrophilia film. Why is that not on HD? Lost in La Mancha is not on HD, No Such Thing, the uh, Hal Hartley film. Uh, Pandora's Box, the Louise Brooks film, uh, the pirate movie, the really bad 1980s comedy, <laughs> uh, Harry Nilsson's Son of Dracula. I guess some of these are not that surprising, but uh, some things just not on HD at all. But by and large, most of them have some path to getting it. It's going to take a long time, but I have done a bunch so far. So if you are in my Plex, I have added some stuff that was already there, but it's technically new because it was in like 480 or something. And now they're all in 1080p. Four Weddings and a Funeral, 9 to 5, Romance, the French film, uh, Paprika, 1991 Tinto Brass film, Sword in the Stone, uh, Immoral Tales, 1974, Blackfish, Dude, Where's My Car, The Story of Oh, How to Get Ahead in Advertising, um, Far Away So Close, the Vim Vendors film, I bought that Blu-ray, I had it shipped here from Germany because it's never come out in the United States, and I manually merged it with English subtitles. I did the same thing with a German film called Schlafes Bruder, Brother of Sleep, which has also never been released in HD in the United States, but was in Germany, and I had the D, the Blu-ray shipped here, and I manually linked up the subtitles. Uh, so, yeah, that's hardcore of me. Uh, down by Law... Uh, Cannibal Run 1 and 2, I bought those Blu-rays. Uh, Fellini's Roma, I bought that Blu-ray. Decasia, The Great Muppet Caper, Foxy Brown, Somewhere in Time, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover, I bought that. Uh, Near Dark, The Vampire Film, I bought that. American Tale, The Fievel Film, I bought that. Uh, Encore en Yves, A Heart in Winter, French Romance, period, not period piece, but a sort of 90s thing. Really loved it in the 90s, I bought that. Depeche Mode 101, I bought that. Besieged, the Bertolucci film. I went to the world premiere of that. It was amazing. It's got Van Dewey, Newton in it, and David Thewlis. It's so good. Uh, I bought that on Blu-ray. Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant. High on Crack Street, Lost Lives and Lowell. Documentary. It's <laughs> a long story. I won't explain that today. Caveman, the Ringo Starr film. Impromptu, the George Sand, Chopin, Franz Liszt auto, uh, uh, biopic. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. The last movie, I bought that. Andy Warhol's Dracula, I bought that. Uh, My Science Project, I bought that. Uh, Young Adam, Ewan McGregor film. Gothic, the Kurt Russell film about uh, Lord Byron and the Shelleys. That was a classic high school. I love that film so much in high school. Uh, Deep Throat, Marfa Girl 2. I can't find Marfa Girl 1 in HD, but I could find 2. Uh, Margaret's Museum, Helena Bonham Carter, 90s period pick. It's for, The movie's from the 90s. The period is like the, the 40s uh, in the uh, the Atlantic provinces of Canada. I think it takes place in Nova Scotia, maybe Newfoundland. I can't quite remember. It was a great film, though. I always loved it. Annie and I saw it together. Uh, Bad News Bears, I bought that. Uh, Wild in the Streets, the movie about the, the 60s film about the young guy that runs and wins the presidency, I bought that. The original director's cut of the original Exorcist, I bought that. And The Florida Project, got that off of uh, Netflix. I also bought the Jurassic World Dominion 4K UHD Blu-ray. That is up on 
Plex as well as the Eternals, which was already there, but I ripped it to 4K. Uh, I did not make a single sale on Discogs in the last week, two weeks, three weeks, which is crazy. And I got some vinyl, not tons, but I got some vinyl. Uh, two I forgot from last week. I got two Thou records, the Gugali Thou split LP of the Norco original soundtrack. And I got the new, or not, it's a compilation of B-sides and covers by Thou called The Primer of Holy, Wor- Holy Words. That's the covers album. That's great. Oh my God, it's so good. It has a cover of Shellac's Prayer to God on it. Oh my God, that album is awesome. Strong recommend on Thou's <laughs> Primer of Holy Words. Uh, Underground Lovers, uh, Australian shoegaze band of love forever, self really self re-released their album Get to Notice on vinyl. I had it shipped here from Australia. It took like three months, but uh, that came in very exciting. Uh, I bought the Trent Reznor Atticus Ross Vietnam War soundtrack because I finished watching it and it was great and the soundtrack was awesome, so I decided to buy that. Bright Eyes, Fevers, and Mirrors reissue. I never had the original, so I got that. That was great. That really took me back in time, as did this month's Vinyl Me Please Record of the Month, Interpol's Turn on the Bright Lights, which I did not own on vinyl as well. It's good to listen to this again, man. Those two albums really took me back to a very specific uh, decadent time when you were young and hot and indie rock was everywhere. That was fun. Uh, The Cure of the Top. I never owned that on vinyl, never owned that record, Um, and I love it, so I bought that. The Gloria record, Start Here, that was used, Uh, I found a copy, it does not go on for sale very often, and I love the Gloria record, and I had sold my CD, and from those people, I also got the Half Cocked soundtrack, this is kind of interesting, so I had this on CD, and I sold it, it's an indie rock soundtrack to an indie rock movie, I've never seen the movie, and uh, but I love the soundtrack, and I, you know, I wanted it on vinyl. I got it on vinyl, and then when I got it, I started trying to find the movie, and it turned out that they screened it this week in some sort of like new screening at the Nighthawk Cinema in Williamsburg, right by my old house. And it's like there's like half cocked. The movie is making this giant comeback. It stars Tara Jane O'Neill. And uh, I was just like, this is so weird. I just randomly bought this record because it's been on my want list for six years. <laughs> it just came up for sale. But the, the week it came up for sale was a week that there's doing a big half-cocked comeback. So I, I, the movie right now, you can watch it for two bucks on Vimeo. So I'm going to do that. I've never actually seen the film after all these years. That'll be fun. Uh, HTRK, hate rock Australian band, kind of gothy. They're on Ghostly International They are, and other labels. They put out a live recording of their first show ever. It's called Live at Loop HTRK Ratio 2003. And I just listened to it today for the first time. It was really good. It has Ha 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 and Panties on it. Their first two singles. Uh, Afghan Wig's new album, How Do You Burn, My Vinyl Shift, which is very, very exciting. But what has not arrived yet is my Holy Fawn vinyl. And I'm very annoyed. I don't know where it is. And I can't remember where I bought it from. I thought I bought it directly from the band. And the album's been out for like three weeks now. And it's very frustrating because I want to listen to it very loud on vinyl. That's all the vinyl. Other stuff I listened to, uh, I did not take time to annotate this very well. I annotated some of it while I was listening to it, but not some of the other ones. So some of these I don't remember. For example, George Fitzgerald Past Time. I don't remember anything about that. Uh, Looming, Anybody's Baby. I don't remember anything about that. Rotary Connection, Hey Love, I remember that, that was awesome, and Minnie Ripperton, Come to My Garden, also awesome, I read an article about the guy that produced those bands, and it was really cool, and I hadn't heard of, hadn't, I'd heard of both of those, and I knew they were important albums, but I had not listened to them, so, you know, 70s, soul, uh, funk, gospel, very sort of 
spans the genres. Uh, they're great. Uh, Rotary Connection is awesome. Mini Riverton album was really, really good. I really, really, really like that. Have a Nice Life, Sea of Worry, uh, darkish indie guitar, sounds kind of Interpolish, not really, but maybe a little uh, Daisy Chainsawish, so a little bit noisier than Interpol. I like that a lot. It was really good. Genghis Tron, this is an older album, uh, you know, last decade or so, called Dream Weapon, which is the same name as the Spaceman 3 record but they are nothing alike. Uh, kind of fun guitar and synth album. A little bit like a, if Jesus Jones was keep going. The reason I, I listened to this is because one of the guys in the band is Hamilton Jordan, and his father, Hamilton Jordan Sr., was Jimmy Carter's chief of staff, and uh, he like was behind a bunch of scandals, including he was accused at a, a White House cocktail party at staring at the breasts of the Egyptian ambassador and saying, I have always wanted to see the pyramids. <laughs> He was accused of doing coke at Studio 54. He was found innocent of both of these things in congressional inquiries. So, you know, not as bad as people are. It was classic Republican smears, you know. They were doing their smear thing like they do to this day, but it was, like, new, so people were falling for it. Carter fell for this a lot. Uh, but anyway, his son is in a band called Genghis Tron, and they're really good. I liked it. Speaking of Holy Fun, I listened to the Holy Fun album, Dimensional Bleed. It's awesome. I want to listen to it like 30 more times, but I want my vinyl. Uh, Afghan Wigs, How Do You Burn? Great record. Very, very excited about it. They are not playing here. They are going to Asheville. I'm very sad. I really want to see the Afghan Wigs again. They are supposed to come here during the pandemic, and they did not make it. Christopher Willits, Gravity. I don't remember that. A Jockstrap, I Love You, Jennifer B. That was a great record. Classical meets glitch, a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of like happy indie pop like the drums uh great record jockstrap i love you jennifer b gladi g-l-a-d-i-e safe sins uh female vocals really mellow indie i liked it a lot i don't know where i i had missed it and like i added it to my to investigate queue like four or five months ago and so i don't remember why and if if you recommended it to me thank you but uh i really liked it gladi pony cosmo validator this is James Murphy from LCD Sound Systems, one of his bands before LCD Sound System. It's pretty punkish. It's kind of dumb. It has one great song on it called Grand Hotel that I really, really liked. It's very poorly mastered. It's on Spotify, though. Uh, Thou and Mismore, Myopia. Um, very, very good album. Very into it. Uh, Thou, of course, I'm obsessed with. A doom metal band from Louisiana that I will listen to everything they do forevermore. Uh, I did not write it down, but I listened to the solo album by the guy from the XX, and I liked it a lot. And I can't remember his name, but that was a good record. Oliver Sim, Hideous Bastard. That's the name of the guy and the name of the record. It was really good. Solid. Kind of XXY, a little bit less moody, a little bit more happy. Maybe the rest of his band brings him down. I don't know. I liked it a lot, though. Uh, Gloria de Oliveira and Dean Hurley, Picture of a Picture. I think I learned about these guys from KEXP. It is Mellow Atmospheric Lady is good female vocals into it jefferson starship freedom at point zero uh, a friend of mine texted me this because there's a song on there called jane and i did not know about it so then i just proceeded to listen to the whole album the jane song is okay track two is awesome there's two great songs on there i'm putting them on my playlists um the rest of the album was very 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 proggy graveyard club moonflower uh, that was good i don't remember much about it I'm getting into stuff I listened to like Tuesday once, and I haven't really gone through it again yet. Amasaurs, A-M-A-M-E-S-O-E-U-R-S, self-titled album, Amasaurs. Oh, this one was crazy. So this is from my friend Keith in Baltimore. Thank you, Keith. And uh, 
it's like the side project of some metal dude that he'd made this album like I don't know, 10 years ago, he's French metal dude. I had not, I'd heard of his band, but I hadn't listened to him. But this album is crazy because it's like shoegaze and metal and orchestral and indie pop. If you listen to one song, you would not know what to expect from the album. And not, not like shoegaze metal, like Death Heaven or something like that. Like it, It's weird. It's a very weird record. I really liked it a lot. It deserves another listen. Amasaurs. Um, Balladest, B-A-L-L-A-D-E-S-T-E, Beyond Breath Rework. That was an ambient album. Really enjoyed it. Forgiveness, another ambient album. Next Time Could Be Your Last Life. That was a great record, by the way. Track 3 especially was really, really good. And an older 40-watt sun record called Wider Than the Sky. My friend Bill got me into 40-watt sun a while ago. It's kind of singer songwriter mellow, a little bit like Codeine or something like that. I'm very, very into them, so I've been working my way through their older stuff. TV. Finished what we do in the shadows. I think I mentioned that last time. Resident Alien, Alan Tudyk as an alien comedy. Pretty funny stuff. It is hilarious, actually. The plot is getting increasingly baroque and confusing, but the humor is still rock solid. Also has Linda Hamilton in it. Come on, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, she Hulk. Emma likes it a lot. I like it fine. Uh, I think I'll like it more over time. It needs to like grow into itself. Like the last episode this week, kind of really was like, oh, there is a plot coming here. So, you know, it's fine. Uh, I finished the Vietnam War, the Ken Burns documentary. A little frustrating, like I mentioned last time, that it did not focus enough on the side of the North Vietnamese, but it did its job. Uh, I felt it, and uh, I'm glad I watched it. And, yeah. House of the Dragon, I'm watching that. It is slowly growing on me. I was very dubious. I didn't even want to watch the first episode. And then I watched the first episode, and I was like, that was fine. But now I'm more into it. Uh, so I guess they're doing a good job. They are roping us into something that, you know, we had no real care about when it opened, right? Like, these characters are all, like, hundreds, thousands of years before the ones we knew about, and I didn't even really care about them that much. <laughs> but it's good. Matt Smith is very, very good. He helps a lot, and it gets me really into it. Uh, not really into it, but I am kind of into it. Uh, Star Trek Lord Dex is back. It is my favorite show. It's just hilarious, and I'm a Trek nerd, and it's so funny, and it makes me very, very happy. Uh, we are watching Junior Bake Off because we missed our Bake Off, and there was a Junior Bake Off on there, and so we're watching that. And uh, Great British Baking Show slash Bake Off is now back on Netflix, but we haven't started that yet because we're watching the Junior one, and we're watching the kids. They are very dumb. And they're very bad at handling their cooking baking sheets, and things are always flying off. But that makes for high entertainment. And the hosts are very, very nice to them, which is really impressive. They always find something kind to say, which maybe they should do in regular Bake Off more. <laughs> uh, Rings of Power is awesome, making me very, very happy on Amazon. Uh, I met the woman who optioned that for Jeff Bezos, and is one of the producers. I met her years ago when she had just finished the purchase. Um, and we're still Facebook friends and stuff, but you know, we only met that one weekend we talked a lot about it. I was so excited. I was the only person there that was following at the new end. So we, we talked a bunch, uh, but it's just so crazy now. So all these years later, it's like five, six years. I was living in this house. So it wasn't that long ago, but, uh, yeah, maybe five years ago. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, I love it. Uh, people have complaints and the compressed timeline and this and that. None of that bothers me. I'm into my Tolkien, but you know, like I'm not, I'm not a train spotter. I, I, I don't care if they compress the ages that much. <laughs> I like it. And then last night we I started Andor, the new Star Trek, Star Wars series. I watched one of the three episodes that is there, and it was depressing. 
but I think that's one of the reasons they even put three episodes up at once. But we had just got back from the trip, and I was really tired, and I just wanted to go to bed. So we only watched one. So I will reserve judgment on that until next episode. Uh, movies, I finally watched Nope. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, it was not. I did not expect anything. I didn't know anything about it, so it was really, really cool. The sartorial game was top-notch. There was a Jesus Lizard t-shirt and a crew sweatshirt from the Scorpion King. I mean, that is legit right there. That's my no-spoilers review of Nope. Uh, Heat, the Michael Mann film. All my friends were talking about Heat, and several of them, it's their favorite film, and I was like, I've never seen Heat. So I finally watched it, and it was as good as they say. There was about 10 minutes you could have cut from one of the wife plots, but the other three wife plots were good. So I'm not being... I'm not anti-wife plot, you know? It's just it's a really long movie. It's like two hours and 40 minutes. Could have cut that one scene. Uh, anyway, uh, it was great. I had never seen it before, and it was super intense. And yeah, man, what a, what a great film. We finally watched Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, yeah, I had mixed reviews on that. It was fun. Uh, it wasn't as hilarious as it thinks it was, and it was very confusing not confusing. I could follow the plot, but I was like, these are not realistic decisions, but uh, you know, I don't care. (laughs) It's definitely not in my top 10 uh, Marvel films. Do I even have a top 10? Do I actually, I watch all this shit. Do I actually think any of it is truly great? I don't think I do. I don't think any of them are truly great. New Black Panther looks like it could be though. That trailer really got me. Uh, I rewatched Cannonball Run. I had not watched it since my childhood. It really occurs to me how influential that film was on me in the 80s. Uh, Pretty crazy. And what a cast, man. Dom DeLuise, Burt Reynolds, Terry Bradshaw, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, Farrah Fawcett. Man, it was just uh, Adrian Barbeau. Like, it was just really Roger Moore. I'm just forgetting. There's so many. It's just <laughs> Jackie Chan in one of his first American films ever. Uh, just amazing, amazing film. Uh, and I have not yet watched rewatched Cannonball Run 2, but I'm going to. I'm very excited about it. And I rewatched, uh, this is actually, I did not mention this in the Plex as well, In the Realm of the Senses, the Japanese film. Uh, I guess you could call it an erotic thriller with a very gross twist at the end. I watched it in the 90s when I was into difficult cinema and I rewatched it to see if it was good or not. I was like, eh, it's okay. It's better than I thought it was going to be, but it's way worse than I remember. You know, <laughs> it held up ish, though. It's intense. Um, so I rewatched that as well. Books. I'm done with Rick Perlstein's History of Conservatism books. I'm so excited. 2,700 pages. Before the Storm, Barry Goldwater and the Unmaking of the American Consensus, Nixon Land, The Rise of a President and the Fracturing of America, The Invisible Bridge, The Fall of Nixon and the Rise of Reagan, and Reagan Land, America's Right Turn. Oh my God, I was just dying by the end. I was so sick of these evil conservative people, and I had to read about the moral majority and like this and that. And it was a lot. I'm glad I did it though. I, uh, Several years back, read all of the, the Robert Caro LBJ books, um, and it was good to tie this stuff together. Like you know, in my mind, like Goldwater and Reagan and are discreet, and they're discreet from Trump. But you know, I'm reading in these books, like during the Carter administration, when the rise of Reagan and the founding of the Moral Majority, there are people whose names are like in the news these days: Paul Manafort, Roger Stone. Like it's all one continuous story of these these crazed, like conservative plotters basically you know uh and then a lot about carter i didn't know reagan land is 
basically about the rise of Reagan, and most of that took place in the Carter administration, though not all. I mean, he gave Nixon a run for his money for his nomination. I learned that in these books. Um, and, you know, I didn't realize that Bush almost, like, Bush was doing really well in the primary run against Reagan. Like, I didn't realize that, you know. And, uh, you know, Jesse Helms and Richard Vigueres and all these dudes, Paul Weyrich, oh, God, and, like, you know, Jerry Falwell and... Ugh, it's just bummed me out. And it was like, you know, like you could, you could ignore the moral things, right? Like the anti-abortionism. Okay, fine. I'm totally, I don't agree with you, but let's, let's give you that as a moral position. But like the dirty tricks, the lying, the constant harping on any like little thing the administration did and pretending it was a scandal, the manipulation of the media, you know, like stuff that just, they're still doing to this day, just pretending that like supply side economics was a real thing that anybody believed in and just, oh God, just exhausting. And then, you know, Carter fell for it because a lot of it was new at the time and just, ugh. yeah. Anyway, I'm really glad I'm done. And now I'm reading a book called 19 Aqueducts about New York's water system. I can't remember the author. We'll talk about it a lot next time, but it is such a palate cleanser and it makes me so much more happy. Not to say that there's not tons of evil doing in it and people losing their homes to like low ball, uh, eminent domain claims and things like that but at least it's you know it's a different sort of book and it's just been it's been wonderful i'm really really enjoying 19 aqueducts all right well I have no idea what day I'm going to post this, but at least I got it done. It's good to talk to you guys, even though I don't feel well. Thank you for bearing with me. Drop a line. Let me know how you're doing. I hope everything is going swimmingly in your life, and I will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Take care, okay? Bye.